Good afternoon and welcome in to the Yingling post-game live show after a 49-39 loss by Missouri to LSU. A beautiful day at Ferro Field where it was all there and it felt like 2013 until it didn't. We will get into all of it, bring Gerard Hamilton into the show momentarily. I am Gabe DeArmond uh, with Surprisingly little jet lag here over uh, in the press box over for O Field. We'll break it all down, how it started so well, how it ended not quite as well. want to uh, remind you guys that this show every week and all of our game day coverage is brought to you by the oldest brewery in America, Yingling Traditional Lager. Grab one, settle in, throw up your comments. And don't throw up anything else. Keep the Yingling down. Throw up the comments. We will get to them throughout the show. Appreciate you guys joining us. Um, I did uh, wear a little bit of Yingling gear over in Italy over the last two weeks. Got a lot of, uh, I think the entire state of Pennsylvania was on vacation and made a lot of comments. Uh, Yingling, we are we have a good partner with those guys. So hope you guys uh, support them. And we will now get to it. Bring in Gerard Hamilton. Again, 49-39, the final score. Uh, producer Alex behind the scenes, he's going to be keeping you guys up to date with the with the graphics and everything going across the bottom of the screen. He'll get your comments up throughout the show. Gerard, um, before I get into my thoughts, overarching takeaways from that one. Uh, well, basically, it's going to be what I, what I write later is Missouri definitely fumbled this game away, no doubt about it. They, they fumbled. Literally and figuratively, I guess, at the end. But they, they fumbled the game away. Um, second, that defense, it's gone to from the offense is now better and the defense is still pretty good, so I've got questions. A lot of serious questions. And then the third thing would be uh, bright side. There's still positives to take away from this game for Missouri um, that I don't think you guys should be, you know, trying to do too much and get – you know, thinking the season's over. They showed that they can hang and they can score a lot of points and that you take away a few blunders, it's still a different game. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out uh, Jared for the donation. Appreciate you, Jared, and anybody else. Yeah. Look, we never ask for them. We always appreciate them. Uh, our partners at Yingling uh, allow us to do this for you guys for free, um, but, but certainly anything from you guys is appreciated. So I want to start with this. I, I have said for 20 years – it's I kind of view my role as convincing you guys it's not as bad as you think it is and it's not as good as you think it is. There have been a couple times this year where Missouri won and the reaction to what we have said and written here has been, man, why are you guys being so hard on? Them? Well, because there were some things and Eli Drinkwood said after the game today, we've been living on the edge in a few different areas. So it's maybe not as good as you thought it was sitting five and zero coming into this week. It's also not nearly as bad as a lot of the comments I've seen since the game. I mean, look, I, I don't want to pump too much sun, too much sunshine up anybody's posteriors here, but you just took a team that was preseason predicted maybe to be in the college football playoff. Like, you outplayed them for 54 minutes. And, yeah, you made some mistakes and you lost the game. Um, and it's tough, but as the players and Eli Drinkwood said after the game, everything they want is still out in front of them. Um, I let me just ask you this, Gerard. You look at the back half of this schedule. Is there any game you look at on this schedule and say, nah, Missouri can't win that one? 
No. Now there's games where I don't think I don't know if they'll win, but as far as just being like absolute, it's not the same as before the season where we were like, that's absolutely there's no chance. I don't right. at that point no more. I mean, they have an offense now that I think gives you hope that they can compete in every game. Doesn't sure. mean they're gonna win every game. This is not sure. a 12 and 0 team, obviously. I don't think it's an 11 and 1 team, but there is no game that I look at and say, no, they got no. I mean, Missouri, Kentucky next week in some universe may end up as an SEC East title game. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there's a way that could could be considered by the end of the day. Um, do I think they're beating Georgia at Georgia? Probably not. But do I say there's no way that happens? No, I don't. So here's where I want to start, because you said you've got serious questions about the defense. And I, I don't think that's necessarily unfair. But here's my takeaway. Jaden Daniels is a really freaking good quarterback. Like, I think today is more about Jaden Daniels than it is about Missouri being bad on defense. I, I, I don't think Missouri is elite on defense, but I don't think there's another quarterback on this schedule who makes some of the plays Jaden Daniels made today. Well, Gabe, two things can be right. Jaden Daniels is That's really fair. good. Secondly, the problems they're having um, are not problems that started today. So, well, maybe those, some of those penalties defensively, and I'm not even talking about the disconcerting signals. D Rob said he never even heard of that before. So I'm not talking. Well, we about had that. never heard of it. Yeah, I, well, know. I, yeah, I know, but he's on the field and he's like, I've never even heard that uttered before. But when you look at the personal fouls, Johnny Walker, unacceptable. Like I heard yeah. the first one was kicking or stepping on someone on a play. He actually got injured on. And then everybody kind of heard over the ref's hot mic that he spit on someone. You, you just can't. You can't do neither one of those. That's unacceptable. But um, the safeties, I'm. It's a problem. It's a yeah. problem. That pass coverage. It's there's something wrong with it. Also, we knew LSU had a top thirty run defense, but I mean run offense. But Missouri was the eighth ranked defense coming into this game, and they got ran all over by by uh, I'm forgetting the running back's name and, and Daniels though. Those Logan guys Diggs. had their way. Yeah, Diggs and and, and uh, Daniels. So. Um, I don't think that's the problem all the time as far as, like, their run defense. I don't think that would be a problem all the time, but today well, that was a big thing. But overall, there's just so many – if it's not one thing, it's the other, it feels like, for this defense. Here, of things. Here's why Jaden Daniels is so good. And there's a reason Eli Drinkwitz tried to get him to be his quarterback two years ago. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do, and especially when you're Blake Baker, what you want to do is pressure the opposing quarterback. Jaden Daniels gets better when you pressure him because, yep. man, that kid can scoot. I mean, he hurdled a guy for a first down. He got out of some – like, I understand, third and nine, you can't give up a, a, a quarterback run for the first down, but the other guys try too, man. Jaden Daniels is a damn good football player, and Missouri put pressure on him, couldn't get him to the ground, and he got out and he runs for 130 yards. Maybe K.J. Jefferson can make some of those plays. But that's it on this schedule. Nobody else. Not as, not as consistent. Not as consistent. Right. Right. I mean, Jaden Daniels is a top five quarterback in America, and he won the football game for his team today. And I think you sometimes, you know what? Like, it's easy to say, well, look at all the mistakes Missouri made. And they made a ton. And it's easy to say Missouri should have won this game. Well, if I'm LSU, I'm going, uh, hey, we had 11 penalties for 83 yards. And, like, we had multiple plays where our quarterback didn't get the snap cleanly. And 
we didn't cover Luther Burden the entire first half. So, like, I, I just think we tend to focus too much on the team we follow. And sometimes you've got to tip your cap to the other guys, man. Yeah, I mean, sure, I'm not sure. saying that Missouri didn't have chances to win that game. But there's a reason that LSU was highly thought of coming into this season. And I understand they have a bad defense and their secondary couldn't cover you and me maybe. But Jaden Daniels is a damn good football player, and he went out and won that game. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from um, from Daniels and and how he played. And I don't know. And, and then remember, he missed a couple plays due to rib injury. So a lot. He yeah. started doing a lot of his best work after that injury. To be honest, so um, I'm not trying to take anything from LSU. They definitely won the game, and you can kind of see that experience in big games. Um, being down 15 early on, you can kind of see like they didn't get bothered and rattled and kind of a lot of a lot of other teams with this type of environment you know they probably fold um you know so daniels definitely play big but there's just there's some things there's some- we'll, we'll get back to the defense in a minute i do want to point this out because jeff lever appreciate the appreciate the the tip here and it's a valid question is there any way to fix the tolison problem so gerard if i told you before the season I will give you the over-under on snap infractions by the center of your favorite football team at one and a half. You are taking the under for like all the money you have, right? My favorite. If I if I tell you one and a half season, is kind of your football team, your center is going to commit over or under one and a half snap illegal snaps per for the entire season. You're taking the under, right? I probably let's move the line to like two. No, <laughs> I think two is okay. No. I, I don't know if I've ever season. seen a team that's had more than one. Well, they definitely have had. It's got to be Missouri's had four. I think it's either it's a. I'm getting snap infractions and just bad snaps mixed together. But every game, yeah. at least the no, last I'm three talking or four, the penalty illegal snap. He on the yeah, he's had some. I, I don't even know how and, you fix that. What is the problem? Well, and that's what that's what I asked Eli Drinkwitz. And look, this is where I will give I, I will give the coach credit. I asked him, I said, what's can you explain that? And he said, I don't have a good answer for you. Like, I appreciate the honesty, man. That's if there is one guy on the field who has to know the snap count, it's the center. He can't double clutch the snap. And you don't want to bo- like, are there other things that could have changed the outcome of this game? Absolutely. There are other things like don't throw two picks. Don't allow the quarterback out of third and nine. There are a million things that could have changed this game. But if you pick one thing that changed this game, Missouri went from second and one driving to win the football game to fourth and 32. And the main reason they did it is because their center double clutched to snap for the fourth time this season. It cannot happen. And look, we go back to whenever they signed Cameron Johnson. The idea was clearly, we are signing Cameron Johnson, who has never played center, to play center here because we don't think we have the center position figured out. And then they figured out in fall camp, Cameron Johnson's not the answer to the center question. Now, I'm not sure at this point he's the answer to the right guard question either because he has unofficially 37 penalties this season. But... I, again, you don't want to pin it on one play, but the play that lost that game is the illegal snap on second or on third and one at the LSU 41. Because you're sitting there three feet away from a fresh set of downs with two and a half minutes to go. And then you're in third and six. So, so we're sitting there third and one. We're going, okay, you run it on third and one. 
And if you don't get it, you're going for it. You probably run it again on fourth and one. Well, that becomes third and six. And now you can't – you're probably not running the ball on third and six. You probably got to throw the ball on third and six. So Brady Cook drops back to throw, and we don't – I don't know whose fault it was, but he gets sacked, and he fumbles the football, and it's fourth and 32. And at that point, you're done. There is no play call. Like, I could say, why doesn't Luther Burden get the ball? Why aren't you throwing the jump ball? But I'm not going to bitch about a fourth and 32 play call. There is no fourth and 32 in the playbook. The play that changed that game is a play that simply cannot happen. Your center has to know when to snap the football. And Well, I was about to say, uh, Cook had a mishandled snap earlier, but I just think, I don't think Cook's eyes were in the right place on that. Yeah. So I'm not going to count that on them. But, yeah, now that you break it down like that, that's – and the thing is they don't have they don't have another center, though. He's their best option. Right. Like and that's, it's not – like, I understand Missouri had a lot of penalties and they got a guy kicked out of the game. And if you want to say, hey, Missouri's undisciplined and that's on the head coach, I'm with you there. That That's fair. That's fair criticism. But that play, that's not discipline, man. That's okay. – your one job is to know when to snap the football. That is an execution error, and and it it beat them in this game. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. They've had there was. I thought it was crazy throughout the game of how much of the game they were leading. I wish I had like the exact stat yeah. of how, but I mean LSU leading. didn't take the lead till it was 27-25, and that was late yeah. third quarter, I think, maybe early fourth. But it just felt like there were so many mistakes going on that I. Yeah. It was crazy that they had a, a double-digit lead at one point, and it was crazy they were still leading and, and things like that, those unforeseen events, no one can predict. It just seems like that's been a phrase I've been using all season, and it seemed like it went away for a couple games, came back today with just things you can't you know, yeah. think of. So Spencer Tumbleson's comment, and there have been a couple other comments, Alex, if we can throw up Kurt's comment about Brady Cook. Brady Cook made a couple mistakes in this game. There's no question. Like, he made two really bad throws in this football game. No doubt about it. You know what? Brady Cook had gone 366 throws without an interception. Yeah. Nobody in the history of the SEC has ever done that. He is allowed to make a mistake. He threw right. – I, I know that number says 411. Um, I think they dropped, that, it, they dropped it to 395 because yeah, I thought 411 too. Yeah. His, his final total was officially 30 of 47 for 395. It did say 411 at one point. It's 395 yeah. officially. But anyway, yes, Brady Cook made a couple bad throws. You drop back to throw the football 47 times, sometimes that happens, man. Right. I'm not here for Brady Cook slander after this game. Absolutely not. Like, this is one of those games where – even if you're a best quarterback, even if, if this was a Jaden Daniels, I mean, sure, it's like that's a bad game, but like you're not like, oh man, here we go with Jaden Daniels. Like you're not doing that to him. I don't think people should do it to, to Brady Cook because he still almost produced 400 total yards. I don't think Brady Cook played a bad game. No, no. I mean, he had a couple, and I want to know because even when we asked Drink about that strip sack, I told you live, I thought he the ball slipped out his hands before someone hit him. Yeah. But yeah. regardless, I mean, you had that. That pick six, though, I'm not going to say that was bad. But at that point, again, again, you're in desperation, though. Yeah, I, I can't. The, the worst throw was the second quarter interception. It was just a bad throw. Like, yeah, he was covered. Yeah, yeah he was. You the know corner what? was on top of him, and then he had someone in the back anyway. So that was 
It's not Last great. Sunday night, football Jesus made two bad throws against the New York Jets. It happens, man. Terrible. Sometimes you make bad throws. <laughs> right. Like, it happens. You are allowed a mistake. When you have the ball in your hands on every single play, sometimes you are allowed a mistake. Now, I've seen a few comments. Tell me if you agree with this, because I didn't see this during the game, Drew. Some people are making comments after the second quarter interception, the, the offense went into a shell. When he threw that interception, you specifically said, I hope this doesn't shake the coaches and they get conservative. I didn't think they did. I don't think – no, I don't – I would have to, you know, check the stats and all that good stuff. But, I, yeah, I remember saying I hope that doesn't make them ball I, up because that's yeah. what they do. But, no, nah, I personally I just, don't feel that way. I didn't think that during the game. I just didn't think that. Um, and and so this is where I think that sometimes we get caught up in hindsight. So I got a lot of texts and a lot of tweets after the game. At second and one, Missouri should have run the football for the first down, and then Tollison's bad snap never happened. They'd thrown the football well all day against a terrible pass defense. Second and one is the ideal situation to throw the ball because if it's incomplete, you get to come back and have two downs to get three feet running the football. That is classic, like, after the fact. We know it turned out bad, so we're going to criticize the decision that led to it turning out bad. I I, I just think we're – I think – I didn't think Missouri got conservative. I just think – look, Brady had a couple bad throws. Tyler Stevens had 19 drop passes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, for yeah, putting him out there after the like they gave him. I don't think I've seen Drink do this since I've been here. So he dropped the pass, his first pass on the very next play. They gave it to him again, and he dropped and it again back right there. Then he dropped it a third time, and I remember saying, we both were saying, like your best receiving you that that already scored a t- already scored a touchdown. Why don't you put him in the game, which is Brett Norfleet? They didn't do it. And then a fourth drop pass. Like, so you guys got to, you know, count stuff like that, and, you know, account for stuff like that. Um, I don't think Brady played that bad. I mean, sure, he has to own those mistakes for sure. No one's trying to say he didn't make them. But I don't, I, I was telling Gabe after the press conference, if this was last year, I feel like this is a game where he's abysmal 17 of 35. 157 yards and like it just looks bad no outside of a couple mistakes you're still saying okay he played his game still and they still almost won despite all the mistakes yeah it it just I think this is a classic case of when your team loses we focus on the coach and the quarterback and look I am a guy who has spent three years getting yelled at for being too mean to this coach today ain't on this coach the, the guys out there got to make plays and they didn't, they just didn't make plays today, guys. It's not like last year at the end of the season, would everybody say, well, we're, you know, we're two plays from eight and four, right? Every season comes down to a handful of plays. Today is not complex. Darius Robinson said it after the game. This game could have gone either way. Missouri just didn't make a couple plays and LSU did. Like, I, I don't know how much analysis is needed of this. This game was back and forth. Like, I mean, Gerard, what late third quarter, I told you, I said, last team with ball is going to win this game, right? And guess what? Missouri was at the 41-yard line with the ball in position to be the last team with the ball, and they were going to win the game. And then their center forgot when to snap the ball, and they fumbled on and gotten fourth and 32. I mean, I, I just don't know how much analysis we need. I, I don't know if I completely agree with the, the coaches. I think they played a part. 
I think I mean there's too many penalties and mistakes at a point where it's just like like come on now. No, that's fair. And and and, and I think it the crazy thing is I like mean Larry the, real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, Gerard, but Larry Rivers hits it right. Self-inflicted wounds cost us the game. I mean, whoever you want to blame for those, that's fine. But Missouri made too many mistakes to win that football. Yeah. I don't know. They they've 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 got a lot of things to figure out. And it kind of I noticed during Drink's press conference, I thought he was a little bit more calm than I was expecting him to be, although the press conference was the fastest we've had all year. Because I feel like even after the wins, there was times where he's tense. You can mm-hmm. feel him being tense, like, guys, we still have a lot of stuff to work on. This week, I don't know. I don't know what, what it is, why he's the opposite and was kind of a little bit lighter about it, but there are some issues they've got to figure out for sure. I thought I thought Drinkwitz and the team had the right approach after this game. Clearly, man, we felt like we let one get away. We should have won that game. This sucks. It really hurts. Everything we want to do is in front of us. Like, I, I think both those things are accurate. Like yeah. nothing about nothing about today makes me look at the rest of the season and think there are these deep-seated issues that change my outlook on the last six. Like, can this team win seven games? They're five and one, man. Oh man, yeah. First off, South they, Carolina sucks. There is three games. Sucks. Arkansas, Arkansas sucks. That's three wins already. Um, and I'm not, I mean, like Missouri could lose one of those games. For sure. But they could yeah. also beat Tennessee. They could also beat Kentucky. They could beat Georgia. Yeah, I, you guys are so quick. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's it's that bad. But there is some things where I feel like in certain areas, if you keep having certain performances, it does get harder to think that they can beat teams like Tennessee and Georgia and, Ken- and Kentucky because – Kind of like last week, or I guess he said it earlier in the week uh, on Tuesday, like the run blocking. He said that wasn't a problem I expect to have with how bad our outside zone is and how bad our starts are in the first half with run blocking. Same thing with the defense. He's not expecting this defense to nearly give up 50 or give up two touchdowns to Vandy in the fourth quarter and not be able to close a lot of these games like how they are. But that's some of the issues he's facing. So let's talk about that defense a little bit more. We we started talking about it and then got away from it. Um, look, we said all summer, like, this is part of the problem with preseason expectations. Everybody just assumed, okay, well, we know we have a top 15, top 20 defense because they were top 25 last year, and we know they're all going to get better because they all came back. That doesn't always happen. Like you said, the safety – but like, we were saying all summer, guys, you're just assuming this is a great defense and, like, what if it isn't? It's decent, but like, here's my biggest worry with the defense. And I know the safeties are a problem, but you know, part of the reason the safeties are a problem. Can this defense get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing? Yeah, I get, I get against, against, a, against a big boy team. I don't care yeah. if you can do it against South Dakota or Memphis, whatever. Uh, against the teams they have yeah, left I, on the schedule. Yeah, getting pressure with four. Mm. Although what I think is crazy is, though, I mean, they've sh- they've shown ability to get pressure this year. And I know you said against big boy teams. But it even feels like even when they get pressure, they're not coming down. Like, they're not getting the sacks. Like, last week, that was literally felt like a story of the game was Ken Seals was getting the ball up quickly, and they're living in the backfield. But once they get there, 
they're not getting they, I think there was one sack and it was at the end of the game by Austin Firestone. They're not getting sacks and pressure. And this I think this week is different though because I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but D Rob kind of had in line a sack or something like that. But when you do that to a mobile quarterback, he just you know scoots up yeah. in the pocket and then there's a big old field ahead of him. So they've got to work on their contain anyway. Yeah, that was Ben Fredrickson, and I want to give him a shout out. I'm sure instead of writing his column, he's sitting down on press row watching our podcast. So, uh, but but he he asked Robinson kind of how tough is it against a guy like Daniels because you want to get pressure on him, but when you get pressure on him, it's almost like it creates this situation for him. And uh, it, like Gerard, I don't expect you to know about this because it was 18 years ago. I think you were like seven years old, but uh, maybe six. But um, a lot of people watching this will remember. Missouri had Brad Smith, who was in a, like maybe the best running quarterback I'd ever seen to that point in college football. And they went over to play Kansas and Mark Mangino rushed two guys the whole game. And he basically had his defensive line stand there and go, no, we're, we're good with letting you throw the ball. We're just going to stand here and make you throw the ball because what we're not going to do is put pressure on you and get out of our lanes and let you escape. And now Daniel's a better thrower of the football than, than Brad Smith is. So I'm not saying that Missouri should have just stood up at the line of scrimmage, but that's the problem when you face a guy that's that athletic and that mobile is when you put pressure on him, it almost creates these situations where he's got a lane that he didn't have before because, you know, now, now you've got a guy out of position. I mean, there was one play in particular, I remember in the second quarter where Christian Williams, like he got pressure, but the problem was he went to the left side of the offensive guard and Daniels took a half a step left and just ran exactly where Williams was for like 27 yards. And like I said, there just aren't that many guys on Missouri's schedule that can do that. Um, but but bigger picture, like I don't think that – I don't look at this defense and say they're bad and I panic, but I think what we thought was possible in the summer is coming to fruition in that – what if they're just a half tick worse than they were last year? Well, the offense is better, so that's good. You know, the offense can win games for Missouri this year, which it couldn't do last year. But now you need the offense to win some games because the defense clearly has regressed from a year. I think so. And, and a big thing I said today or, well, in the previews and leading up to this week is setting up play action. And if you let that running game get going and you kind of seen it with that, uh, that deep ball, that post to, I think it was Brian Thomas. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like at every level, there's some type of issue or something you can say like defensive line pressure, linebackers, tackling safeties, coverage. Um, and then there's maybe something in between a little bit more in between for everybody. But yeah, there's, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do going the, forward. The one that. thing I feel good about on Missouri's defense, Chris Abrams, Drain, and Ennis Rakestraw are as good as advertised. I, oh, I'm not – no Yeah, I'm not – anytime I've been walk, talking about the secondaries recently, I make sure to say, well, those two, they'll do what they have to do for the most part. Um, they may give up a reception or whatever, but they're not the ones letting stuff happen. It's it's always something in between that they've got to they've got to work out. And again, the other guys have scholarship players, right? Yeah, like, yeah, the neighbor's really good. Brian Thomas leads America in touchdown catches. Jaden Daniels yeah. is a really good football player. Like, Absolutely. they made some plays, man. It happens. Um, so, coming out of this game, give me a 
What are your top three? Just give me kind of thumbnail. Top three things that have you worried about the second half of the season? Uh, and then we'll go positive after this, too. Top three things that has me worried about the season. They can't finish. Um, more so defensively, but they can't finish. Um, pass coverage. And uh, m- mistakes, and, like the penalties and stuff, like stuff that just they keep shooting themselves in the foot. That'd probably be my three. Yeah, I would. I would put number three, number one on my list. Just oh, I didn't know he was doing in order. I was just trying. No, to not, not necessarily in order, but yeah, but that's that's clearly like quit quit making stupid penalties is number one. Um, number two, I'm I'm kind of with you on the. I I don't know if this team can pressure the passer. Um, and number three is like it hadn't changed since the beginning of the year. The second half of the schedule is a lot harder than the first half of the schedule was. So yeah. let's flip it, and I'll go first here. Three things where six games in, I feel a lot better than I thought he, I was going to. Number one, they've got themselves a top three or four quarterback in the SEC. I really believe that. I, I think Brady Cook is a top three or four quarterback in this league. Number two, this receiving core is – Luther Burden is a superstar – and Mookie Cooper and Theo Weiss and Marquise Johnson give them other weapons. Yep. Um, absolutely, th- that position is good enough. Um, I don't know, number three, I mean, hey, look, at the beginning of the season, through six games, I thought Missouri would be four and two. They're five and one, man. They're ahead of what I thought they were going to be. So, they've, yeah, they've bought I feel good right about there. that. Yeah, so one would be they've got a legit quarterback. And, again, if I was a fan or if I'm a fan of any team, like if Pat Mahomes throws for 395, he has a couple turnovers, he has a couple touchdowns, I'd rather you lose that way than lose and you just absolutely stinking it up. You can't move the ball like what he did last week. I felt like last week he was – that was tripping. But, yeah, if Brady Cook is doing that, then you should be fine. Like that's his worst game. That's his first couple turnovers in – I don't know how many games, 11, 12 games, you'll be fine. Um, second one, you hit it on the nail, uh, head on the nail. You know what I'm saying. Nail on the head. Luther Burden. Yeah, there we go. Luther Burden, superstar. Uh, Theo Weiss, Mookie Cooper. We were talking about Mookie earlier today in the press box. It's just like, we're glad that he's finally getting it going. You know, that four-star guy coming, you know, going to Ohio State. And it seemed like it was, we was worried coming out of the fall camp. Like, is he going to get passed up? You know, stuff like that. Marquise Johnson, that's something to be happy about. He made a couple catches for 42 yards. He's always finding a way in his limited reps to make something. But the third thing would probably be uh, the expo- – the all. I mean, it's just really just the offense and the way they're scoring, the way they're getting points. To, because last week they were – they had longer drives and were still scoring touchdowns. This week, I don't know if they had any of their drives – be four minutes. Everything they were doing was very, very, very quick. So we were talking about it towards the end after they let neighbors get that touchdown. Like, well, you know, it's still quite a bit of time. Like it only really takes them two. It's like there are two minute, three minute offense the whole game. So you can be happy about that. I also, I do have one more negative though. You can't, now you can only trust offense and they're still gaining the trust. I don't trust special teams. I don't trust the defense. Like, 
Harrison Mevis, I'm not even I'm not talking about really last like then there was a block field goal. We've been talking about their field goal unit all year. Um, so there's that. What else have we been talking about? Kickoff returns. They didn't do it this uh this week, but we've seen them take out bad kickoffs for what reason? I don't know. Um, but that's still something. And then you know, we talked about defense. Yeah. Um, so I want to nitpick a couple things um real quick and just like this is kind of galaxy brain stuff that look, you don't really have a play call for fourth and 32, right? So I'm not like this didn't lose the game. But why on fourth and 32 are we throwing a seven yard pass to Daniel Blood and having him lateral the ball to Theo Weiss? Like, doesn't Luther Burden have to be involved somehow? My problem is on that play, I get it. The game was just about over. But everybody lacked any urgency. It doesn't matter who that person would have pitched the ball to. I seen Daniel Blood get it. I think he pitched to, you said Weiss. Everybody else was walking. We're talking about this, and I want this clear. This is not second guessing. We were talking about this during the game. So Missouri gets to about the 38 yard line, right? They got, I don't know, 20 seconds left, something like that. They're down 10 points. We said in real time, he should kick the field goal right now, onside kick, and if they get it, he has a shot at a Hail Mary. Like, are they winning the game at that point? Are they getting to overtime? No. So, like, I'm, I don't I don't want this to be like, hey, I'm, I'm blaming drink. But, like, this is one of those things where it's like coaches have to take the big picture view. When you're at the 40-yard line, Hey, at some point, we're going to need a miracle. So he might miss a 55-yard field goal, which, by the way, he ended up doing with six seconds anyway. Kick the field goal with 20 seconds left. If you make it, you get an onside kick. And if you get that, at least you have a throw to the end zone. That's the only way you're tying the game. Yeah, and I and I said once Gabe said that, I said it sounds like a guy who's been playing Madden a lot. See, there's I know a lot of us, like when we sit and watch games from home or you're playing the game, that's something where like you, you do play in the game or you wonder – how did the coaches not see this? Like you may see a play and you think, how did the coaches not see this? Uh, quite a few of us in the press box were saying like, yeah, that makes sense. Kick the field goal, leave the time on there. And, and they did it. And it seemed like the time a little bit was mishandled, I guess, with, after the cook sack. But you said they'd lose a timeout regardless if they called it there or if they called it once they were on defense. So I guess it didn't matter too much. But um, yeah, but it, it is what it is. I feel bad for Harrison Mevis though, his average – just just keep going down with this stuff. Yeah, and again, these are like nitpicky things. That did they impact the outcome? Not really. If Missouri kicks a field goal on first down and he makes it, they're still going to lose. In all likelihood, someone, know, just, someone just said in the the chat that the Mevis first kick wasn't a block. It, yeah, I, that's crazy. I thought the guy on the edge came around. Uh, we couldn't really see it though. But like that was a forty-four yard field goal that came up like nine yards short. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. Maybe is it, maybe that's one of those things where he said like a couple weeks ago he he had his foot into the ground before he kicked the ball or something like that. I don't know. He just yeah. oh, oh, oh that man. that was a big play. The second quarter interception, big play. I still say the biggest play is is the the snap the penalty on the snap, which just can't happen, you know. But I don't know. Missouri's five and one. They're going to Kentucky next week. Yeah, I, I will say, though, um, it's crazy because I was going to start my story with uh, that the biggest play of the game was going to be Pete recovering that fumble, yeah. and they, they still got a touchdown out of that. So that was going to be something I started off my story, but 
we're still talking about turnovers and mishaps for the wrong reasons, I guess. Yeah. Hey, you know what? A lot of teams have a game like this. They probably should have won. They didn't. Um, happens. They had, what, what were they in one-score games before this? 3-0? and Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And now technically this will not go down as a one score game because the pick six changed it. But I mean, this was a one possession football game, you know, for all intents and purposes. You know, great teams win them all. Missouri's not a great team. They've got a chance to still be a pretty good team, you know. Um, so I don't know anything. Uh, we got a lot of writing to do, a lot of video to post, a lot of things coming still. Um, anything you want to hit on before we check out? You still think what's your record for them for the rest of the year? Uh, five and one right now. I think they finish three and three. I, I'll I'll pick them eight and four as of today. Still at eight. I think I think I think they've got a chance at nine and three, but I think eight and four is more likely. I'm in the same boat with you, although I will say the defense is starting to concern me in a way where it's going to, I may just be locked in at eight and four and I see seven and five kind of like in the rear view. Um, just because I, I don't think the defense is that bad, but there's some things where it's just like, again, you get a couple of bounces and then you get the defense playing like this. I don't know. You can't always trust the offense to score and have 500 yards of offense. Like they've been doing, like eventually they may have a day where they come down to earth or whatever. Well, appreciate all you guys that were hanging out here with us. Um, again, want to thank our friends at Yingling for uh, for taking care of us and presenting everything we do on game days. That includes this show. But look, I, I got a column coming. Gerard's got a notebook. Connor McLean's sending us video interviews. We got all kinds of stuff to put up on the site here over the next couple hours. So hope you guys enjoy that. Before you leave here, hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. You'll get a heads up when we go live. We'll be back Monday night with the live show. Um, and we're back in the saddle here. Um, second half of the season coming up. Missouri's five and one. Undefeated season off the table. Not much else is off the table. So thanks guys for watching. We will talk to you next time.